I'm guessing if you're go if somebody is considering going into content writing, they're probably pretty passionate about it. So that combined with the fact that, you know, you it really is pretty rewarding to, you know, come up with a strategy and execute on it and see things go really well. Um, it's a learning experience, but it's also kind of like, I don't know, it might sound dorky, but it's like kind of like a puzzle. Like- Today's guest is Emily Moore. She's a freelance writer and content marketer who transitioned from a secure corporate background into a flexible freelance career and never looked back. Let's get started. Welcome to the Webwork Podcast. Every week, you're inspiring interviews from remote workers, freelancers, and online business owners. And I'm your host, Zach Jones. Hey, Emily, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, just to get everything started, what is your name and where are you from and what do you do? Yeah, my name is Emily Moore and I am a freelance writer and content marketer. Um, originally from Michigan, but I've lived in the Bay Area for five years. So it's kind of my new home. Okay, cool. So um, as a content writer, I guess let's dig a little bit deeper. Like, What does that mean and how is that different from something like content strategy? Mm-hmm. So the thing that's kind of confusing with like content is it can mean like a lot of different things, even the same terms, um, depending on who you ask. But for me, like the kind of content that I create is um, largely like editorial. So a lot of blog posts, uh, articles, there's some publications that I write for. Um, I'll do web copy, uh, case studies, really just like anything short or long form that can be written, um, you know, is kind of, uh, is one of the options available um, for my services. And I think, um, sorry, (laughs) did you, is there another part to the question? Oh, I was just asking, um, yeah, how is that different from content strategy? Yeah, yeah. So there's kind of like two different ways to think of content strategy. Um, One term that I have heard uh, a lot of times is when people talk about content strategy, it's kind of about optimizing the content on a page, meaning the text, the images, um, and that's more of like a UX related profession. And there are people that like go into that um, and it, it is different than like, you know, content writing, I would say, maybe like adjacent a little bit, but it is a little bit more, um, I guess, like nitty gritty into the UX. But I guess when I think of like content strategy, when it comes to my own services, I kind of think of like looking at like a given brand, thinking about um, their needs, looking at their current program in terms of, you know, what's their blog, um, Do they need case studies, white papers, uh, social media copy, and kind of building, you know, a a strategy and a plan around that. So that's kind of like my term for content strategy, but I know it's like, it's different uh, kind of depending on who you ask. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. And and I guess for content writing, you would just be completely handling the the actual details of the content. So actually just writing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it depends. I mean, sometimes I do have uh, clients that really like being kind of hands-on. I have like ghostwritten in the past and I am ghostwriting a little bit currently. Sometimes people will, you know, 
they'll, we'll have like a meeting and they'll kind of talk me through, okay, this is what I want to say. Here are my ideas. Then after that conversation, I'll turn that into a blog post. Uh, or on the other hand, sometimes people will send me an outline or just like a very rough draft and I'll kind of take that over and polish it up. Okay, cool. And just curious, how did you get into content writing? Yeah. So I kind of, um, I'm going to wait back all the way up to college. (laughs) I kind of always knew that uh, I wanted to be a writer. And I think it really wasn't until college where I realized that was possible. I think for a long time, the only kind of writers that the only type of writing professions I thought of were either journalists or like novelists. Um, And, you know, novelists, screenplays, anything like that. It's like very, very difficult to get into. and then for journalism, it's it's a type of writing that like I enjoy, but I definitely wouldn't want to make it kind of my bread and butter. So I started learning more about um, content marketing when I had a couple of internships in college. So I had some marketing internships, and I think I got to explore like more about content um, through those, just kind of knowing that it was an option. And so then my senior year, Uh, I was actually, I was editor-in-chief of our campus's satire newspaper, and we had a company reach out to all the publications on campus saying, you know, hey, we're a communications agency, we are looking for content writers. Um, And I just kind of picked up the conversation with them then, it went really well, and I ended up working there. So that was my first job, I was working... uh, I was a content writer at the communications agency. So I was doing um, blog posts, uh, ghostwriting opinion pieces, um, social media, just kind of anything like that, uh, a little bit of like press releases and things like that. And it was, it was definitely super helpful in terms of just allowing me to work with a variety of different customers and a variety of different content. Um, And I think that's one thing agencies are really good at is, you know, I think maybe a year or two at an agency is the equivalent of double somewhere in-house just because you're working on so many different things. Um, But the bad thing about that, of course, is that sometimes you can be a little burnt out. I think there's a lot of agencies um, where you have to work pretty hard and the compensation does not necessarily (laughs) reflect that. Uh, it can also be tough if you, you know, you don't always, in fact, you often don't have control over the clients that you're assigned to. So if you get a client that you really don't like, you, you kind of just have to tough it out. Um, and I definitely, I wanted something where I could put my efforts into an organization or company that I really believed in, that I really got excited about. Um, and especially something that I thought, you know, I can think of so many different types of content I could create for this. So while I was at the communications agency, um, I think it was about a year and a half in, I was starting to look for other jobs. And I found a post for a position at Glassdoor, the job site. And that was really perfect because one of my clients was a recruiting software company at the agency. So I had already written about, you know, these articles about, tips for finding a job, you know, how to update your resume, uh, all that kind of stuff. And so when I saw the Glassdoor post, I was like, oh my gosh, this is just kind of a 
match made in heaven. So um, I talked with my boss there. I just kind of, you know, I submitted an application. I think I may have sent a note to the a recruiter or hiring manager or something like that. Um, but, you know, luckily they noticed my resume, um, which can be hard sometimes if you don't have kind of an in at the company. So I was really lucky there. Uh, and I worked there for three years. So then when I was at Glassdoor, I started, um, you know, my role started a little bit smaller and then it expanded. So at first I was doing just kind of like, you know, what we call B2C blogging. Um, at Glassdoor, there's, you know, there's two different sides to the market. There's the uh, job seeker facing. So the people who are looking at the jobs on Glassdoor, reviewing companies and applying to positions. And then there's employer facing. So the employer facing are the ones who purchase Glassdoor services like um, enhanced profiles, sponsoring job posts. So at first I was doing just job seeker related content, but then kind of as I grew in my role and it was um, also, I was doing job seeker facing content and it was the vast majority of it was blog posts. Um, but as I kind of grew in my role, I expanded the different types of content that I was working on. Um, I had a boss who was very good about like allowing me to have creative control. So, you know, if I went up to her and I was like, Hey, I have a great idea for an ebook or, you know, this like social media campaign or a video or something like that. Um, it wasn't that, you know, everything I suggested was automatically given the thumbs up, but if I could make a case for it and, you know, my boss agreed with it, uh, she just kind of gave me that freedom to tackle some of these different types of projects. So that was really cool. And then eventually I began expanding to, uh, the employer facing side as well. So I was writing content both for job seekers and then for the companies that, you know, purchase Glassdoor products. Um, and that was really helpful because I think I hadn't had a very strong, I had had B2B experience before, um, but working, writing B2B content in the marketing team, I worked with so many other teams and I got a really good sense of how, um, you know, how that, how that worked, how the B2B content marketing machine works. Mm -hmm. Um, just, um, sorry, just just to clarify, uh, B2C and B2B, what are you referring to is business to business and business to consumer, right? Right. Yes. Just for those who don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, uh, <laughs> I think especially like in the tech industry, when you're surrounded by it all the time, it's like easy to forget like, oh, not everybody knows what this means. So yes, good call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, so when I, oh, sorry, do you want me to keep going? No, no, yeah, yeah, definitely. Oh, Go ahead. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, so then when I was at Glassdoor, uh, towards the end of my time there, about three years in, I was just really like itching to find something new. Um, and I really wanted something like very different than what I had done professionally in the past. Um, I really liked my jobs, but I think they were also pretty safe. Uh, and I started to feel, you know, like a corporate job just wasn't the best fit for me in terms of, um, I don't know, the schedule, uh, I really love being able to like choose my own schedule, um, choose who I'm writing for, choose the type of content I'm writing for. 
And so I started freelancing for um, a local publication, and that was kind of just on the side. Um, but I decided. And how did you find that? I had a friend oh, of. Friend. Oh, go ahead. Okay. I oh, see. So you, you had a friend of a friend, and you just kind of yeah, yeah. To... I, yeah, I had a friend of a friend who is the editor in chief. Um, so that was nice. But you know, a lot of these like publications. Um, I, I would say, especially if you start with the local ones, the editorial staff is usually pretty responsive. Um, I think they're always, you know, it's hard to run a publication. You kind of need to be churning out new content 24 seven. So if you can be really thoughtful about what you pitch and what you suggest to them, then uh, I think more often than not, you'll get at least some feedback and that can kind of help you fine tune um, your pitching strategy. And when I say pitch, I mean, basically you send an email to somebody saying, Hey, these are, you know, the stories that I think I could write for your publication. If that, if you're doing more of um, reporting or journalism, if it comes to, or when it comes to kind of uh, freelance corporate content marketing type stuff, pitching would be, you know, reaching out to different companies you're interested in and saying, Hey, this is my background. This is why I think I would be a good fit. Here's how I could help your program grow. Okay. So, so basically instead of, cause I think a lot of people, when they think of starting to freelance, they go on sites like Upwork or any of those freelancing websites. But I think it, it sounds like a much better idea to kind of reach out to these publications and present yourself as someone who wants to just take a little bit of work off their back. Yeah. And say like, hey, like this is where my experience would line up with you guys and we could go from there. So, okay. Especially if you can get very detailed about, you know, the type of things that you would provide for them. So, you know, if I'm looking at a publication, I can't just reach out and say, hey, I'd really love to write for you. I'm a big fan. I'm a good writer. You have to send them um, examples of stuff that you have published in the past and also like really strong story ideas. Um, And one thing I saw sometimes at Glassdoor is like people would suggest ideas, but it would be so vague that it was really like not compelling at all. So sometimes people would be like reaching out to me and say, Hey, you know, I had an idea. I could write an article about, you know, how to write a cover letter. And whenever I saw those, I kind of rolled my eyes because I was just like, do you think we don't have dozens and dozens of those already? So I would say, when it comes to pitching publications, um, being thoughtful and coming out, coming up with a unique angle is really, really important. Okay. And I think, and I feel like that doesn't have to be something where it's, where you have to kind of have this completely crazy, unique idea. Maybe you could find it from some other website that's doing it or some other related blog that's doing it and then kind of bring it over there if they haven't done it already. Yeah. So I think when it's, you know, when I talk about kind of my own freelance writing career, there's kind of like two separate um, tracks that I'm talking about. One is writing for publications, um, which is more of like the journalism style. And the other is corporate work, which is more like content marketing. Um, But yeah, I think when it comes to reaching out to publications, uh, you know, you don't need to be discouraged if you know, the like other publications are writing about a similar topic. It's just if you can come up with a unique angle and your unique spin on it, the editors are going to respond much better to that. Cool. So 
really put some thought into the people you're reaching out to. You don't just like throw out a hundred emails. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, and then, cool. and, uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so I really started kind of, I, I really started to start doing more freelancing, um, I think it was in January of this year, uh, I had belonged to a writer's group and there was, um, a woman in there who had a freelance client, but then she decided to work full-time for another company. So she reached out to her old client and referred me and said, Hey, you know, Emily's a really great writer. Um, I think, you know, you'd really love working with her. So that's kind of how I picked up my first corporate um, steady freelance gig. And while I was doing that, um, I was also, I was at living in Spain at the time, actually, uh, I decided to oh, wow. move to Spain, be like a teaching assistant for English. Um, and then just kind of, you know, freelance on the side to, you know, get a little bit more money, but also kind of, it, it was a good way to kind of test out this freelance writing path. Um, it can be scary for a lot of people when you don't have a source of steady income. And most people do need that unless you, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a partner or a parent that pays for everything or something like that. So it was a great way to kind of dip my toes into freelancing, but you know, I was still getting steady income from this like teaching assistant position. Um, And then, so of course, COVID-19 happened in mid-March uh, and Spain, you know, you might remember Spain in the earlier days of, you know, uh, I would say probably like February, March. Yeah. It was one of the areas that was like pretty, uh, severely affected. Um, and so they announced this, like they announced a lockdown for two weeks. Um, and I had a strong feeling it was going to last longer than that. So I came back to the Bay area, um, moved in with my boyfriend. And then since then, that's really when I've been doubling down on freelancing. So I kind of gave myself, you know, after um, I continued working with the schools in Spain, I was uh, creating video lessons uh, and, you know, documents for the kids to work on little coloring sheets and stuff like that. Um, But once that ended in late June, I was like, okay, I really want to focus on freelancing more. You know, I have one client, Um, I write for, you know, some publications on kind of like a one-off basis, uh, but I want to see if I can make a career out of this. So I, the first thing I did really was updating my LinkedIn profile. um, And I was honestly very like pleasantly surprised with how well uh, that worked for me. You know, it was, it took me maybe, I don't know, I would say like one to two hours, just kind of updating my LinkedIn profile to talk about, um, I edited Like I added a new position as freelance writer. I described some of the services I offered in terms of content writing, content marketing strategy. Um, And I had about, I think, you know, maybe three people reach out to me in two weeks after that. And one of them turned into um, my second steady corporate gig. So that was really cool. And I've also just been trying to, uh, pitch to some other publications. Um, I've written for like SF gate, um, written for the bold italic, which are, you know, two publications based in the Bay area. And 
with, I will say for freelance writers, um, I think it's pretty important. I don't know. I would say personally, I would recommend that you try and get at least one steady corporate client because it pays significantly better than uh, <laughs> public pay you. So really the freelancing I do for publications is more of a passion project. And then the corporate uh, corporate clients are how I, you know, make the majority of my income. Um, and that's not to say that, you know, it's not fun. It's just the, uh, I, I'm not counting on, you know, writing an article for $200 uh, a piece um, for a publication. <laughs> you have to write a lot of those if you want to really make a, have a livable wage in the Bay Area. Okay, cool. So, so you would suggest to somebody starting out to kind of seek corporate clients over yeah. kind of passion projects or more journalism. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's not to and say ha- um, simultaneously, oh, but... Sorry. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> um, I was just going to say that's not oh, to no, say... Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, it's not to say you can't do both simultaneously, uh, but if you are looking to really you know, if, if the top priority when you start freelancing is like, I need to be making steady money from this, then corporate work is definitely the way to go. Okay. And, um, I guess if someone were to be seeking, like, let's say they're getting into freelance content writing, what would be the first step they should take to try and find a client? Like, let's say they already have a portfolio and some writing samples. Um, what would you, what would you suggest that they do? Yeah. Um, I think really, I mean, you know, I already mentioned updating the LinkedIn profile. That was great. And that worked well. What will probably land you the biggest success rate in the beginning is if you work with referrals. So, you know, if there is a coworker that you worked with in the past and they started a new company, you know, you can reach out to them, kind of, uh, describe your services and say, you know, Hey, this is kind of, this is the type of work I do. Um, I see a lot of potential in your company. Uh, and yeah, just those word of mouth references are really huge. And, you know, I think it's the same as with anything, you know, you're so much more likely to buy something or try something or go somewhere if it's already been recommended to you by somebody that you trust. Okay. And, and how would you kind of recommend someone kind of, I guess for someone who's a little bit more introverted, how would you recommend building these personal relationships? Yeah, I think, you know, it, a lot of people are uncomfortable, you know, reaching out to people on LinkedIn and asking for stuff. Um, and I think, you know, there, there can be a limit. There can be a point where you're just coming across as too self-serving, sorry, too self-serving or obnoxious. Um, but the vast majority of times, I think you'll find that people will, you know, at the very least be like open to entertaining, you know, whatever it is that you want to say. So, uh, I've reached out to people that I've worked with previously, um, when I was looking for new clients and it was something that was kind of scary at first, but I basically just decided, you know, like what's, what's the worst thing that could happen? and the answer really, if you're smart about it is, you know, nothing like even in the worst case scenario, nothing changes. So you don't have anything to lose by not reaching out to people. 
Yeah, I think LinkedIn's definitely a great platform for that. And I think it's I think a lot of people are desensitized to other platforms like Facebook or, you know, Instagram or anything like that. But I think LinkedIn's yeah. definitely still got a more genuine tone. <laughs> I mean, that's how I reached out to you to get you on the show and you said mm-hmm. yes. So, I mean, it's definitely working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think um I don't know. I do think LinkedIn, maybe this will change in, you know, the future, but when it comes to corporate work, LinkedIn is absolutely like the platform that you need to leverage the most. Um, And I, you mentioned, I think Upwork earlier, and there are sort of these different like platforms where you can offer your services. Um, I personally haven't done that a whole lot just because the, I was able to find kind of a steady cadence of clients and, you know, publications I was writing for without having to go on Upwork. Um, But I think platforms like that are really perfect for people who are relatively new to the field. Um, Unfortunately, they typically don't pay as well. But I think if you can just kind of get a few projects under your belt, that makes you so much more marketable when you reach out to the next client. Um, they want to see, you know, clients want to see that you've done work, you've done good work in the past. Um, and they're, yeah, they'll be much more likely to hire you if you have a strong portfolio. Okay. All right. Um, and I guess moving on, what I was going to ask you, why would you choose, or why would somebody choose content writing or freelance content writing? Uh, over any other kind of remote profession like digital marketing or web development. And I know it does play a little bit into digital marketing, but I just wanted to hear your take. Yeah. Um, I think one thing that's cool about content marketing is for, it kind of plays to my interests in both writing and marketing. Um, you know, marketing alone is a little too much for me. I When I've had positions that were more marketing, I did kind of check out a little bit and lose interest because I found myself just in spreadsheets all day. Um, But it's this happy medium between, you know, writing and I'm guessing if you're go, if somebody is considering going into content writing, they're probably pretty passionate about it. So that combined with the fact that, you know, you, it really is pretty rewarding to, you know, come up with a strategy and execute on it and see things go really well. Um, it's a learning experience, but it's also kind of like, I don't know, it might sound dorky, but it's like kind of like a puzzle, like, you know, like, okay, well, what is it that I need to do to, you know, uh, achieve this company's goals, whether that's increasing web traffic, um, you know, getting more leads, etc. Yeah, that's, that's definitely, yeah. It's a great answer. <laughs> um, and what does a typical workday kind of look like for you? I really, I think I could get better about having a more typical schedule um, because, you know, I have only been really diving into freelancing really full time uh, since, you know, like I would say when I really started reaching out was like, you know, mid-July maybe. Um, but kind of what my schedule looks like each day just depends on how soon my deadlines are approaching. Um, I do have a bad habit of, uh, procrastinating a little bit. I'm just one of those people who I 
can write so much more easily when I have a deadline hanging over my head. Um, and fortunately, you know, that can be a problem at corporate, you know, jobs where you have so many different deadlines that you have to stick to. But the nice thing about freelancing is, you know, you can kind of do that as long as you know how to manage your, you know, manage your schedule. So meaning I can, you know, it's, it's okay if I work, you know, the last three days on a blog post or something, um, you know, work on it three days before it's due or something, as long as I know, okay, I don't have any other deadlines approaching. I really can focus on this. I can put all my time in. Um, but that being said for strategy, strategy is definitely one thing I start, uh, pretty far in advance. So I would say I usually wake up, um, maybe around like 10 AM. Uh, I live with my boyfriend and he, that's kind of when he gets up and starts working. Um, you know, I usually have projects that I have already been assigned. Um, so I'll work on those. I'll respond to emails. Um, sometimes I have meetings with clients. I would say with both of my clients, I have, um, bi-weekly meetings. So sometimes I'll do that. Um, sometimes, you know, I'm coming up with a strategy, working on some sort of project and, uh, other times I'll, you know, be researching different publications. Um, you know, I'll look into what kind of stuff they write, um, whether or not I think it's kind of aligned with the things I want to write about and like my personal voice, uh, looking up who to contact there, who, um, the, you know, the right contact for receiving pitches. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it can really, it, it's very different day to day, um, which is nice, but I also, you know, like I mentioned, like being able to have control over my schedule is just like an absolute game changer. It's so great. Yeah, it's good. I think, I think a lot of time is wasted in like a traditional office job where you know, don't necessarily have a deadline, but you're still stuck there for the same amount of time. So yeah, that's good that you can kind of be flexible. Yeah. Okay. And I, and, uh, think- I guess. Oh, Go, sorry. Ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, oh, I, think I was going to say. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, uh, related to that point. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you, um, what does your work life balance kind of look like as a content writer? Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say, I think, maybe like my kind of like work life mix isn't for everybody because I pretty rarely take breaks entirely. Um, you know, I think some people really like being able to take, you know, two week vacations, three week vacations regularly. And that is something I could do if I chose, but I'm like really happy right now with just kind of having this mix of, you know, I have as many projects as I can you know, take on, uh, that I'm interested in, but I also make sure to, uh, you know, throughout the day I can kind of, uh, give myself a little bit of space. So if I want to take a walk in the middle of the day, um, or, you know, I'm totally, if I totally have writer's block or something, I can, um, you know, read a book, like play a game, come back to it. So I think I probably, I do find myself working on weekends more and, you know, taking fewer breaks overall, but because my days are 
because I have more freedom within my days to kind of, you know, set things at my own pace and, you know, work, yeah, work at the pace that's really comfortable for me. I really, I don't get burned out nearly as easily as I did at a corporate job. Okay. So you say, would you say that as just with typical freelance content writing projects, like the amount of hours uh, in ratio to the amount of money paid isn't super crazy? Yeah. I mean, it really depends. So, I mean, I am lucky enough where, so I live with my boyfriend and, you know, anyone who's familiar with the Bay area can tell you it's incredibly expensive here. So, you know, if I were living on my own, um, I don't think I would be able to have as flexible of a schedule that I do now because my rent would be significantly higher. Um, but I think, you know, I think if you have somebody that you can share the rent with, honestly, even if that's just, you know, having roommates or something like that, um, it does make it a lot easier. But, you know, if you want to be funding kind of a lifestyle where you're, you know, living in like a luxury apartment, I don't think like content writing or freelance writing is uh, the best fit. Okay. All right. So it's, it's more of a, Sounds like just a nice moderate profession where pay is decent, yeah. but you know it's not it's not going to be any anything crazy. But at the flip side, that also means it probably doesn't demand incredible hours or anything like that. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean sometimes I will be like very busy, but the thing is I charge hourly, so when I am working a ton, I know I'm getting paid for that. Um, it can feel a little different when you're working, you know, a nine to five, because you know you'll be like, okay, well I'm going to work. 60, 70 hours this week, but I know I'm going to get paid the same as I did last week when I only had to work 45. Uh, so I think even when I do find myself, you know, doing a lot of putting a lot of effort behind a particular project or spending a long time on something, uh, you know, knowing that I'm getting paid for it is a lot more motivating than being like, well, I just have to do this because if I don't, you know, my boss is going to be mad at me or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we're running a little short on time here, so I have a couple more questions for you. Um, but what advice would you have for someone just, I guess, any general advice for anyone looking to get into content writing? Mm -hmm. Definitely. The biggest thing is just start building your portfolio. Um, you know, if you, like I mentioned, I think like Upwork, um, trying to think maybe like Fiverr there's there's some platforms I've heard that are good for just kind of getting experience but you know even if that's not working just like ask a friend if they you know if you have a friend who has a company owns a small business you know ask if you can do the web copy for them ask if you can start writing blog posts I think it's ideal definitely to get paid um for the work that you do. But if you really don't have much of a portfolio to speak of, I think it's a really great opportunity to, uh, you know, if you can work for free, if you can't afford to do that, um, you know, just doing some projects that you can kind of just put on your resume. Uh, and it doesn't mean, you know, you have to do that forever, of course. Um, but just doing that until you have enough experience that you look like a much more compelling um, option to hire as a freelancer. Okay. And um, I guess related to that point a little bit, uh, for someone who is looking to get into this industry but doesn't have, I guess, any 
solid skills yet, um, what resources would you recommend they check out to kind of sharpen their writing skills? So I did a lot of my learning on the job, but I have heard, um, I have a friend recently who became a copywriter after she took a copywriting course. So I haven't checked any out personally. I can't really vouch for any, but I mean, there's so much online content available out there, so much uh, educational content. So, you know, any given like major, uh, like MOOC, massive online class platform, like Coursera, edX, um, Skillshare, anything like that, they almost definitely will have a class that's related to content writing, content marketing, something like that. So if you are totally like, you know, this is something that interests me, but I don't know like the first thing about it. Um, I think taking one of those classes can be really great. And the other thing is just reaching out to people uh, who are, you know, in that profession. So I've had, um, I talked with a woman recently who reached out to me and she was just like, you know, hey, I'm just kind of like, uh, I'm interested in becoming a freelance writer. I just wanted to talk to some freelance writers and get, you know, a sense of how you kind of got to where you are. Um you know, what advice you have, that sort of thing that can be really helpful. And again, like I mentioned, um, it can be kind of scary to reach out to people like that, but worst case scenario, they don't respond. And that's uh, in, in the grand scheme of things, not a big deal at all. I think that's, that's good practice for, I guess, reaching yeah. out to clients and yeah. who's reaching out to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And um, my last question for you is, it's kind of a fun one. If you weren't a content writer and you couldn't do it for the rest of your life, what would you be doing right now? Would I still be allowed to be some sort of writer or would it have to be something completely different? Uh, yeah, let's say it's com- completely okay. different. Let's see. Um, I don't know. I have like so many different interests and passions. <laughs> uh, I think one thing I'm really fascinated by linguistics um, and I took some linguistics class in college Um, And I had a point where I was considering becoming a speech language pathologist because it's, you know, language is something that's like very, very fascinating to me. Uh, And I have a friend who's a speech language pathologist. She really loves it. And I will hear her stories sometime and just be like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. Okay, cool, cool. Okay. And uh, Emily, where can people find out more about you? Um, I would say, you know, honestly, right now, my LinkedIn profile is just the biggest thing. Uh, Oh, my gosh, I don't think I have a very pretty uh, URL. So I'm not going to go ahead and read that. But, um, you know, I'm (laughs) Emily Moore. My headline is freelance writer and content marketer. Uh, You know, my picture is me with like a smiling with a pink background. (laughs) So hopefully that's helpful. Okay, cool. Awesome. Well, thanks, Emily. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, I'll see you later. Bye. Awesome. Thank you so much. Bye. A huge thanks to Emily Moore for coming on the show. And if you'd like to learn more about her, you can find her over at LinkedIn by searching for Emily Moore, freelance writer and content marketer. See you next week.